Hey Paisanos, welcome to a new installment of Video Games, The Movie, The Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dan. And I'm your co-host, Maxie. And this month we watched Hitman, the 2007 film. We maybe picked the worst time to watch this movie, huh? Oh boy, did we? Uh... Just just a lot of uh, Russian politics mm-hmm. involving uh, <clears throat> the institution of a hardline president. Oh boy. Uh, um, so in video game movie news, uh, there's some Sonic trailers. Oh. I remember there being, like, big news on one of those, but it's, I've completely forgotten what it was. Uh, we've gotten... All I know is that, Idris, is that Idris Elba is in it. Yep, Idris Elba is in it. Uh, they showed, like, these this new footage during the Super Bowl. Uh, there's... Uh, it does look like it's starting to lean more into, like, straight-up game stuff. And also there's going to be... Uh, live-action series starring Idris Elba as Knuckles. Uh, ah! That must be what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess... Hmm. Uh, what, what games have you been playing? Uh, well, Elden Ring came out the other day, so I've been playing a bit of that. Uh... I... Uh, what else have I been playing? I've been playing uh, this game, Demon Turf. It's this mm-hmm. uh, 3D platformer with a pretty cute art style. Uh-huh. Amazing movement. Highly recommend it. Oh, uh, and I, I think I've heard of this game. Yeah. It is It is fantastic, and it is adorable. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also picked up this card game the other day, Quantum Protocol, which I'm enjoying a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh... Let's see, what have I been playing lately? So, I've been playing a lot of XCOM 2 lately. I just, uh, I was watching an LP and it got me back into thinking, oh, I should play XCOM 2 again. And I did. Uh, I started a few days ago with an Iron Man. Well, first I did, like, this side thing that I never tried before, which is just, like, these challenge missions, uh, Mm -hmm. that have a story to them. That was fun. Uh, then I... Made a whole bunch of characters in the character pool. And after that, uh, I started an Iron Man run. Iron Man runs are ones where you can't save scum. Uh, if you make a choice, it's permanent. So I did one of those and then got to a point where I was clearly going to lose. So I started over today. Mm-hmm. And this time it's gone pretty good. Let's see. What else have I been playing? Uh, well, I stopped playing Wordle uh, because I realized a lot of these puzzles are bullshit and I'm not having fun with it. Also, fuck the NYT. Yeah, and fuck New York Times. I hate those guys. Uh, let's see. I... What have I been doing? Uh, I can't think of anything immediately, so I think that's it for me. Uh, so, um, Hitman 2007, uh, executive producer Vin Diesel, that, 
That was honestly... Shut the, the fuck up. No way. <laughs> it's real. I, I looked at the credits and honestly that was the biggest twist I I experienced over the course of the entire movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, hang on, hang on. Where is it? Am I mistaken? I swear I saw it in the credits. Hang on. I'm looking this up. No, Vin Diesel, executive producer. Yep. Uh, I guess he just really wanted to see that bald guy rep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean... This is the guy who plays Dungeons and Dragons and made the Fast and the Furious movies. Of, of course, he's going to play Hitman. Uh, I'm just surprised that he didn't play Hitman. No, no, he would have been he would have been even worse than Timothy. Uh, yeah, this guy. Uh, is Timothy Oliphant in anything else? Let me check. Uh, he, it's a name I've heard. Apparently, he was in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, yeah. Uh, Looks like he was in. Oh, he was in Scream Two. I've seen that. Um, ah. Uh, live free or die hard. Uh. He was in a movie about Edward Snowden from 2016. Yeah, you know it's funny. It looks like after Hitman dropped, he uh started doing a lot of TV work. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else about this background? Uh, yeah, oh, here's something. Uh, no, that's nothing. Never mind. Uh, okay, okay. Um, th- apparently, this did use footage from the TV series Dark Angel to save money. Uh, uh, apparently this was, a uh, from, this is during, like, the intro sequence. Uh, I, uh, I don't think I have any other history behind this. I, I didn't do much research. I, I gotta say, um, I'm not sure if this is the worst thing we've watched, but it's damn close. It's, <sighs> like... There are bits that I kind of like, but yeah. it is not a good movie. And yeah. like it it's bad in some weird ways. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it, but I think the most the strangest thing about this movie to me is that you could very easily make a good Hitman movie. Mm-hmm. You just make a James Bond movie and put Hitman in it. Yeah. Uh like, and I feel like it's easier to say that in retrospect because, you know, we're talking a post-reboot trilogy world where I feel like they sort of nailed down a lot about Agent 47's character and his vibes that were a lot more up in the air in some of the older ones. But even then, I played Blood Money. They had an idea of what to do with him by that point. Yeah, and Blood Money is, just... is like the best Hitman game before they started on the... uh the uh 2010s ones uh i they should have just done blood money yeah i on oh, there's just also one thing about blood money that i wish was in the newer ones which is like the post mission victory uh newspaper where it like reports mm. the assassination in the news like yeah and then uh, you get like the evolving perp picture if you leave too many witnesses and so on mhm and, like, there's, like, subplots going on in there, and 
Uh, if you do one where, if you do one with like no witnesses and all the kills were accidents, it's just a disaster occurred at this location. Uh, it, but other than that, yeah, and Blood Money was definitely out at this time. Uh, yeah, Blood Money came out in 06, I think. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, honestly, I will say, I think the best, if you were to adapt Hitman to, like, TV or film, it would be best to be, like, I would describe my hypothetical perfect Hitman series as Murder Columbo, uh, uh, where it's sort of focused on, like, the target, and throughout it, 47 is, like, doing things to fuck him over, and ultimately leading into, like, some ironic punishment. Or ironic murder. I can dig that. Uh, but sadly, that's not what this movie is about. Uh, very little of this movie is relevant to Hitman. Uh, we open with, uh, Ave Maria playing as, uh, as, uh, we see this, like, uh, this, the, all these, like, little boys in, in some weird facility, uh, being taught, being taught to kill, trying to escape and getting killed, uh, it's 47's backstory, uh, they, they already fucked up by showing this, like, first thing, like, you, you don't, we don't care yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's so many of these adaptations don't get that you need to give a shit first, and then, if you want, you can show us the backstory. But also, 47's backstory just doesn't matter that much to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things that just could simply be cut, and you could spend more time on the main thrust of the film and it would be much better also i just want to say these opening credits with the fucking default system font are so lifeless the Mm. moment where they like have a guy presenting 47 with his dual pistols his trademark item at the time no emphasis on it it just happens and then the scene's over no life to it just uh, it's like people didn't know how to make a movie. Yeah. Like, this is... I feel like this is some pretty basic shit. Uh... Yeah, uh... I... I don't know if, like, the people involved... Like, I don't really recognize a lot of the names involved in this. Uh, mm. I get the feeling maybe it was, like... Either they didn't give a shit or it was amateur hour or something. I... Uh, the the writer is named Skip Woods. Uh, great name, love it. He okay. <laughs> I wait a minute. This guy was the he was the writer and co-producer of Swordfish. Okay. Uh, I'm just thinking about that now. I haven't seen Swordfish, but I've heard good things about it. I think maybe. Uh, anyways. Oh, he also was the writer of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, 
we cut to present-day London. And this man, mm-hmm. who we later na- learn is named uh, uh, Whittier, uh, is coming home. Uh, his daughters have left him a, a drawing and a glass of milk. Uh, mm-hmm. And, but... They're not here right now. Instead, Agent 47 is. Uh, though he's not here to kill him. But he will if he has to. Yeah, no, he's here to have, like, a philosophical discussion with him on the nature of morality or whatever. This dialogue, again, I feel like it's difficult to say how much of this is in retrospect after the reboot, but... I think even, like, based on what I remember of Blood Money, this dialogue just doesn't feel right for mm-hmm. 47. Yeah. Uh, it's it's too philosophical, it's too serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 47 is either, like, kind of making quips, or he's, like, handling everything with this air of dead seriousness. Mm-hmm. Uh like, this is, like, it's just a job to him. Uh, so, it's definitely a, a sort of vulnerability that doesn't make sense for the character from the games to show. And also, frankly, now that I'm thinking about it, doesn't really make sense for the character of the movie to show to this guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he asks when a good man decides to kill... And then we cut back to three months ago. Uh, this scene is so bad. Oh mm. my goodness. Okay. So, first of all, uh, we just open on Shantytown dash Niger, which is always the sign that you're about to see something tasteful. Mm-hmm. We see a local warlord's men drag a captive into a grimy saw torture room. Which is not the Hitman vibe. Even when those stages take place in, like, poor or war-torn regions, they aren't, like... This movie wants to be 24, is, I think, the biggest problem with it. Mm-hmm. This uh, is this is something you would see on 24. Yeah, that sounds about right. right. Uh, we see the captive just, like, get his arm chopped off, which is weirdly brutal especially considering we don't really see anything on that level for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh he's like having a trouble like giving out information to the guys torturing him he's got a weird digital reverb on his voice and it's because he swallowed a bomb then he explodes yep uh the the uh investigator who we met before, Mike Whittier, is talking with some I can't tell if these are police or some form of local my, government. My understanding is it's like they're at like Niger Federal Police Headquarters, so I guess mm-hmm. this is like the head of police in the country. Right. Uh they talk he he and his uh assistant, who I think is named Jenkins. Yep. Um, talk about how this latest death lines up with Agent 47's modus operandi. They've been tracking him down, trying to get a beat on him. Uh, the local agents aren't, like, 
buying it for the most part. And after that, we cut to 47 in a bar in Moscow drinking some whiskey. And then some woman approaches him and just, like, starts negging him about how much ice he uses. Yeah. Which which is a really weird tactic, but I do like one thing about this movie. And something that sort of uh, aligns with 47's in-game characterization, which is... My man does not know what the fuck to do about a woman having interest in him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I, he's, he just looks at this and he's like, okay, hi, my name's June. And he leaves. Uh, yeah. He dips his hand into an ice machine for some mysterious reason. Mm-hmm. And he goes to a hotel room and spills this vial of balls. I assume it's some kind of trap. Or detection so system. So, yeah, I see them later, like, somebody steps on them and they break. I guess they're, like, little plastic pods. Yeah. Uh, and then he hooks up a blinking explosive to the door. I honestly mostly like this whole hotel sequence. I think the cinematography is nice. There's mm-hmm. good use of color and lighting. Um, what I don't like is this weird bit with his IGA super laptop and Diana talking to him through text-to-speech. Yeah, it's... It's a weird bit. I... I would rather we just hear Diana. I... Uh... And... I will say I do love to see, uh... A sci-fi computer interface that looks... Just has the most god awful but stylish UI. Mm-hmm. That that part's fun. Uh, he's got to do a political assassination on Mikhail Bilikov. Uh, he is a radical president, which is to say well, he's no, a moderate. You know, he's yeah, okay, yes, yes. It says Very moderate. That, I don't know if that's intentional, but it is the funniest thing I've uh, about it. Uh, uh, he's, he's also got this brother named Udre, who's a smuggler of arms and narcotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut to Belikov, stepping out of his yeah. lemma. He's at-, at a political rally. The editing here is so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like, an interviewer approaches him after he gets out of his limo and I swear to God, there are three cuts before her first sentence is finished. Yeah, it's it's a weird movie. Uh... And then, and then, this is so fucking good. So 47 takes his shot, he gets Belikov, and we see, just for a brief moment, the dude's blood spatter all over his bodyguard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think... I think we need to have more, like... I think it should have just been, like, scanners. Uh, <laughs> that would have been so good. What are you talking about? He survived. I saw his head blow up, like, all the way. <laughs> I don't know, 47. Uh, maybe it just did that. <laughs> maybe it just did that. Uh, he, he, like... I think he, like, sets up this... This, like... It, he sets up, like, a trap at, like, the site where he's doing the shot. I do want to note, like, when he takes a shot, we get, like, this whole, like, 
zoom in from the distance of him in, like, this seemingly condemned skyscraper. Uh, it's, it's a fun shift. Uh, uh, then we're at the central rail station. This bit is so good. Agent 47, international super assassin, checks in with his handler in public and without wearing headphones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a train station! Well, you know, the greatest disguise is being in plain sight, which is to say, you, you, you answer a call on your, uh, flip phone. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he learns that there was a witness in St. Petersburg, uh, Interpol's in on the scene, uh, he, I'm sorry, my notes aren't super clear, it's like, it's okay, I, I have oh, it, so it's, right. he, he's told about this witness, Nika Boronina, mm-hmm. uh, and that he needs to deal with her if he's going to be paid, uh, and his plan to do that is, I guess, to just approach her and shoot her in broad daylight on a busy city street, which, okay, um, but the thing is, as he's approaching, she turns and she sees him, but she doesn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. And before he can actually react to that, another bar, another barcode agent assassin guy starts firing a sniper rifle at the street, uh, apparently attempting to kill both of them. Yeah. Uh... And then it's back to the fucking Interpol guy. Let me, can I just like go off on the Interpol guy oh, for a second? These, these two don't need to be in the fucking movie. Yeah. Any any scene they're in, you could just cut the scene, or you could just do it from, like, third-person omniscient camera, or just, like, have some FSB guys there. Mm-hmm. It's... There is there is one important thing the Interpol guys do in this entire movie, and honestly, they don't even need to be there for that. Right, right. It could just be the FSB. Uh... Uh... On... Yeah. I... I guess, I guess they they put these guys in. Maybe they wanted like someone, quote unquote, less morally ambiguous to uh, focus scenes on, to be like the deuteragonists. Uh. Uh, but. Uh, we soon learn that uh, that for some reason. People are reporting that 47's, uh, target didn't die. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's, like, he, he, like, goes over with Diana about, like, how he shot the bodyguard, he shot Belikov, uh, he didn't miss, he doesn't miss in general, uh, and, like, like, there's, like, Belikov's just still out there doing stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he's wondering who is the client. Uh, yeah, and Diana is just totally silent at mm-hmm. first. Um, we get another brief scene of the Interpol guys and some FSB officers getting into a dick-waving context about who's in control of the operation. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. There'll be like seven of these, uh, and they're all the same. Yeah. Uh, then we get 
police in riot gear storming the hotel as Agent 47 is preparing to leave. Uh, he gets a phone call from Diana, and I think this is maybe the only time we hear her voice in the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, she tells him that his location has been compromised, and that the client of the assassination was also Belikov. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, when... I, I was kind of into this. I think this is a good hook for a movie like this. Yeah. Have, like, a sort of... I I think a a good, like... A good thing for, like, a political assassination plot is, like, having this body double be in there. That's a mm-hmm. cool, mysterious thing. Uh, uh, I also like... I... I like that the right gear just looks like the most video game sci-fi uh evil guy armor possible. Uh mm-hmm. it it looks way too big. It's it's like got glowing they've got like red eyes and stuff. I I I do think it's very funny. Uh so the uh the riot troops uh, are about to, like, break in when uh, 47's apartment explodes, and he, like, mm-hmm. escapes by, like, swinging down to the floor below. Yep. Uh, he does run into two witnesses who are playing the Hitman video game. Uh, eh. And from here, he's just, like, running around barefoot, like, shooting dudes. Uh... And I think he eventually escapes by jumping out of the uh, building into the river. I do kind of like this scene. Yeah. I feel like they they did a good job of getting the tension right. Uh, and there's like a little bit of light comedy, like with the elevator music playing when he shoots all the dudes mm-hmm. in the elevator. Yeah, there's I like think... a... I do like the shot where like Jenkins is like, opening the elevator door and it's just full of dead troops yeah Um, like there are definitely moments in this movie where it does well and i think it's usually the ones where it leans into the action mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think it's just it doesn't do a good job with the intrigue and i think it doesn't spend enough time having him do weird setup stuff yeah yeah it it like i like in this scene i do like how he's how in like the previous scene he's like setting up his apartment in case someone breaks in and like we get that whole thing executed upon. That's fun. Uh, I like him shooting guys. See him, I like when he goes to the ice machine and it's like, oh, that's where his guns were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so forty seven has escaped. Uh, forensics is like looking over the scene. Uh, and one of them, like, opens up the laptop and tries to use it, and, uh, it's gotten a secret bricking measure, and all of, and it, the computer just says the hard drive has been permanently erased. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 47's, like, walking around in, like, his escaped outfit. He finds, like, he finds just a nearby fashion store. Men's boutique, yeah. yeah. He just goes in, comes out in the Hitman outfit. It's great. It's great. I like to imagine he just walked up to a mannequin and put on the outfit and left. Uh, 
why'd that guy leave a little laundry bag full of his old outfit here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's, uh. At this point, we get more of the Interpol guys. They're, like, searching, like, a briefcase left on the scene. Uh, uh, he, they, he get he, at some point he gets to talk with the FSB guy. Uh, his name is, like, Yuri something or other, and, uh, he thinks 47 was, is with the CIA. Uh, Whittier also feels like something's up because he's been tracking 47 and he knows 47 doesn't miss. Uh, at this point, 47 holds Nika hostage. Uh, yeah, this scene sucks. This, he, he like, he visits her on the price on the pretense of delivering flowers from Belikov, uh, to which she opens the door because as we'll later get into, feel like we should put like a content warning on yeah, this episode because there's definitely. like human trafficking and sexual abuse not at the hand not on screen but like for the most part but you know like mm-hmm. discussed um anyway she she is essentially belikov's sex slave and it's a whole thing anyway mm-hmm. he uses this as a, as a pretense to attempt to interrogate her he doesn't really get anywhere with that uh and then he kidnaps her to somewhere safe in the trunk of his car right Again, this whole thing feels very Jack Bauer to me. Yes, uh, quote-unquote pragmatic. Uh, he stuffs her in a trunk with a dead man. Uh, I don't even remember who this guy is. Is That was her driver, apparently, oh. who was planning to kill her. Right, right. Uh, Probably would have been interesting to see that on screen. Mm-hmm. Instead of the fucking Interpol guys, but, you know, whatever. Uh... She does explain that Mikhail has, like, body doubles, and quotes, <laughs> just like Saddam Hussein. Uh, this movie is so 2007! <laughs> uh, uh, she explains, uh, she gives more, like, lore about, uh, Mikhail's brother, uh, she tattooed her face because he he physically abused her and and she wanted to tattoo her to her yeah you know what it's not important it there's the important thing is her life sucks uh she's she was human trafficked uh but it it's not good it's not fucking good uh it's uh it i i i don't know if i'd say it's like entirely tasteless like i've definitely seen this sort of thing handled worse Mm -hmm. but it's not like handled particularly well either yeah it's it's like i don't know it it's it just feels like a weird plot thing anyways uh uh the we get more Interpol stuff. Uh, it's not important. What is important... The, the important thing is that St. Petersburg has almost entirely been locked down, but there is a train station servicing commuter rail further into the Russian interior. Mm-hmm. 
47 and Nika head there next, the Interval guys, and another agent, I think the one who tried to snipe them earlier, uh, are present. Yeah, it's it's that guy, specifically. Uh, I I do like that he's also got a shaved head, but he looks a bit older. Mm. Uh, also, this sequence is good. Oh, I yeah. I like this part. Yeah, like... It's, it's, like, almost free of dialogue, there's a brief exchange between the Interpol guys, and then we just get, like, a bunch of crowd shots with occasional cuts to the important people, and at one point, 47 is just with a group of, like, military guys in a stolen military uniform. We mm. don't know where we got it, we don't need to know where he got it. Yes. It's just, this is his plan. Yeah, uh, like, I, I am glad he, I got... Really excited when he finally put on a disguise. Uh, he's, like, getting hunted down by, like, more uh, assassins like him. Uh, there's, like, a bit where he, like, hops over a railing. Uh, there's... He, like, goes into some, like, some, like, disused tunnels and has, like, this four-man sword fight. All dual wielding. So, I, I need... <sighs> The fucking sword fight is so weird. Like, like he does this thing where one of the agents is tracking him. He goes to the service tunnels. He gets the drop on him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he then sees a momentary shadow, follows that. He ends up in this four-way dual pistol standoff with these other agents. And at first I was confused. I thought one of them was Jenkins, because otherwise I was like, well, why are they pointing their guns at Yeah, that's... The- the guys they're working with instead of just at 47 wasn't sure what that was about yeah but no i'm pretty sure they're all agents because they all do have two swords on them Mm -hmm. for some reason a famous assassin weapon of the dual blades uh (laughs) this fight sequence is weirdly bad like i feel like it should be interesting because it's like it goes for this you know four-person setup, and then you get this bit where the last one still alive is fighting 47 in, like, this tunnel under a train. It's really tight, but mm-hmm. it's just... It's whatever. And it's not Hitman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Like, I said before what Hitman should be. It's... It is far from this. Uh, and I'll, I'll admit, I don't... I haven't played the recent games. I know there's, like, plot stuff, but I I don't feel like it goes in these directions. Like, when it goes into, like, the overarching plots, I don't feel like this is it. Uh, it's it's really not. And, and even when it goes into those plots, like, it never loses the emphasis on stealth and subtlety, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, r- at the end of this, uh, he chokes out the last guy, uh, and he, then he dumps all their bodies and weapons into a crate. Uh, he seals it with a nail gun. Uh, uh, 47 reunites with Nika, and, uh, uh, Jenkins is here. Uh, 47 grabs him, points a gun at his head. Uh, Whittier's like, I'll be your hostage, please! It, he just gets shot. Uh, Jenkins gets Jenkins gets knocked out. Also, for the rest of the movie, I think Jenkins has like an arm in a sling because of this, which is uh, I I like that detail. 
Uh, Mika's like begging 47 to stop killing people and he agrees. He like says, you're alive because of her. Uh, uh, we get more Interpol plot. Uh, they get like treated by some ambulances. Um, uh, Yuri shows up. Chief Agent Yuri shows up and he's like being more threatening. He tells them either you quit this whole thing and I'll write up a report that says you, you helped us out and you'll get some awards or something. Or we could, I could write some bad stuff about you and you go to prison. Uh, uh, Whittier says to go fuck yourself, like puts, puts out a cigarette, uh, and that's all that we need to know about that plot. Uh, we cut to the next day. 47, uh, they're in some sticks or something, somewhere rural. Uh, mm -hmm. he takes Nika out of the trunk, uh, puts her in the passenger seat, gives her breakfast. This, this exchange is so fucking wild. Mm hmm. It goes, she says, I was running out of oxygen in there. He says, don't be dramatic. I got rid of the body. Uh, she goes, I've been in there for hours. And then he just says, I brought you breakfast. Mm -hmm. And it, it, Is this part supposed to be funny? Because it is. But, like, I, I feel like it's not delivered like a comedic scene, you know? I feel like it's... I feel like there might be, like, they're, they're trying to, like, set up they're building a rapport or something. Because, like, then they start, like, talking more casually. But but I don't think it quite comes across the way the writer intended it to. I mean, I think the big problem is we never get a great sense of how 47 feels about Nika. It seems mm. to vacillate a lot, whereas Nika's feelings towards him are always very clear, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, she hates him, and then she thinks she's all right. Uh, uh, we we get more about Nika's backstory. It is uncomfortable. Uh, then she asks if Forty Seven is going to kill her. He says no, but then he says never interfere with my work again, and is like kind of implying if you do that, I might kill you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he lies down to get some rest and tells her to stop talking, or he'll put her back in the trunk. And she smiles about that because I guess she thinks it's really funny. Weird scene. Yeah. Just, we, it's, the vibes are so weird and it's wild to me because we do get some scenes with them later where the vibes feel fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, there's this one thing, scene in particular I like. We'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, uh, we get more Interpol plot. Uh, Interpol listening in on Yuri talking with a mysterious unknown individual. But uh, then then they get stopped by some agents. Uh, uh, Nika uh, is with a guy. She gives him a phone. Uh, this this dude, American accent, just to note, he's important later. Uh, this is CIA agent Carlton Smith. He is yeah. from the games. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, uh, 40, they're like, 
at some diner or something, and 47 is watching from outside with a sniper rifle. And, like, the whole mm. time, uh, Smith and 47 are talking on the phone while 47 keeps the sniper trained on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, we learned that the organization is trying to kill 47 because they believe he failed to kill Belikov. Uh, and from there we, like, we get, like, the well, next... I, I thought it was, I thought it was because part of the, I thought it was because a contract was taken out on him by... So it, it is now established officially, like, this is a fake Belikov, and the whole thing with the assassination was to replace him with somebody aligned with more radical Russian politics. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, the CIA, I guess, is not telling Interpol about this for some reason. Seems like something they would probably want to know. Right. Uh, they... We sort of get the next hook for the plot, which is... Uh, 47 has to kill Udre Belikov, and mm -hmm. he's going to meet with him in Istanbul, uh, yep. disguised as an arms dealer named Price. And um, in exchange, because Udre has been causing trouble with his arms and narcotics smuggling, uh, Agent Smith will pull some favors through the CIA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do like this scene, because... 47 and Smith do have some rapport. You get the sense that they know each other somehow. There's actual chemistry and back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like, a little bit of humor. It feels like something you would see in one of the games. Right. You know? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, we cut to a few days later. They're at a hotel in Istanbul. Uh, Nika's mm -hmm. titties out. Uh, uh, she's getting used to the situation. Uh, it is, I guess she, at this point, she's decided this is better than how, how it was a couple days ago. We went over that. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, I feel like this, this part gets a little confusing. So, like, yeah, they're... so 47 finds out that Price has a dinner appointment at this restaurant he tells Nika to wait just outside, and there's this bit where she, like, apparently fucks off as soon as he goes in. Uh, he confirms what Price's uh, dinner appointment is like. Price is the guy who um, yeah. Udre is meeting with. I forget if we already said that or not. Yeah. Um, he comes back out. He's confused because he doesn't see where she is. Then she just shows back up and asks how he was sure she wouldn't run off. Mm. I This... This moment is, like, sh treated like it should have some weight and, like, affect their relationship, but it's not shot or edited like it, you know? Yeah. It just sort of happens. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Interpol guys have confirmed Belikov has a body double. Uh, we get this bit where uh, Nika and 47 are having a nice dinner. Uh, Nika tells 47 about how, uh, she had a pet chipmunk named Tishka when she was a little girl. That's nice. Um, that, what's not as nice is 47 proving his near-perfect, like, perception and memory by being transphobic. 
It's so bad. They like they were genuinely having this really charming little banter moment where she's mm. testing his memory, and then it's like, oh, it w- she asks a question about the woman at the table behind him, and he's like, oh, that's not a woman. And it's like, great, yeah, sick, dude, awesome. I love, I love the two thousands. It was just like that. Yeah, great era. It's, uh, it's still like that now, but at least somebody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, this scene is just way too late in the movie. Mm-hmm. Not not to, like, play script doctor here. Cut out all the shit with the Interpol agents. Give 47 and Nika more time to breathe. Give their relationship more time to develop. Yeah. Uh, it's around this point that 47 enacts his assassination plan. So, mm-hmm. he, like, goes to the bathroom. He gets frisked because Price is in there. Uh, and he's got guards outside. He yep. there's like a guy puking in the toilet. He goes into well, that's a... price because what happened earlier was uh, as a waiter passed by, he snagged a drink off the tray. Oh, the waiter's like, oh, that that's for somebody else. And he's like, oh, is it going to that table? And the waiter was like, yes, it is going to that table. And I guess what is implied to have happened, it's not shown, but what is implied is that he poisoned it with, uh, you know, one-use emetic poison, yeah. like in the games, and then put it back on the tray. Yeah, I couldn't tell what was going on there. Uh, it It is not made super explicit. Yeah. Uh, so he's in the bathroom. He pulls a gun out of the toilet tank, like in The Godfather. Uh, then he injects poison into Price, shoots the guards... Uh, and he takes Nika back to the hotel room. Perfect plan. Uh, yeah. And, and then we get this, I, I have thoughts about this scene. There is this mm. uncomfortable scene when they get back to the hotel room where she is drunkenly hitting on him and he's very clearly like not into it and eventually straight up sedates her just to get out of the situation. Right, right. And I think it works okay. It's like weirdly dark and awkward for the movie like the movie deals with dark subject matter but i feel like this treatment is like for lack of a better word it's more mature and more seriously dark than just like blood and guts and what if a guy got his arm chopped off right right and Uh, it does fit 47's character it it really establishes him as this sort of like outlier uh Mm. This guy who, I don't, I don't think I'm getting my point across, actually. Um, 47 did okay here. Um, so he goes to the club, uh, where, uh, where he's supposed to meet Udre. Uh, Udre is living the party life. He's got, he's in this weird decadent room full of, like, statues and, and, like, there's women here. Uh, and there's a fountain with, like, a tiger head spewing the water into it. This set design honestly fucks. Yeah. I... We... It is a den of hedonism. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, he... So, uh, Udre's showing off all these guns. And he, like... He points out, yeah, they're unloaded, of course. Uh, at one point, he, like, threatens a woman with a gun... One of his own girls, just to, like, I guess, freak 47 out, because yeah. at this point he's been informed that he's not actually Price. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and 47 responds by claiming all the guns present are cheap copies, uh, pissing off Udre so that he takes a shot at him instead. He misses, and then 47 just grabs a couple SMGs and starts going apeshit. Yeah. Uh, this part is good, actually. Yeah, there's he's like dual-wielding SMGs while Udre's got like double assault rifles that he's... That he mostly just shoots at other guys. It, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm enjoying this two-gun stuff. Uh, eventually, uh, only Udre and 47 are, are still there. Uh, yep. he, like, get, 47 likes, 47 says, like, I just need to do one thing need you to do one thing, and shoots him in the head. Uh, it's so fucking good! And he mm-hmm. falls backwards into the tiger fountain, and we see the blood mix with the water. This is Hitman! Oh, yeah. It's hit, it's Hitman to me when he says the morbidly ironic line, and then shoots the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if he goes back to the hotel, we get a couple short scenes of him and Nika as they head back towards Russia. Get more fucking Interpol. They have this crucifix. This also a key. The main inspector's like, I didn't figure our boy's the religious type. And I guess it's foreshadowing that this is an important object. But also, it's weird because in the games, 47 did spend some time with, like, a guy in a monastery. And it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into it. Agent 47 is canonically Catholic. And that's all we need to know. Uh, so, uh... They, uh, oh, I do like this bit where, during, like, their whole, like, heading back to, uh, St. Petersburg, uh, I do like the bit where he's, like, where, like, Nika's looking at this, uh, magazine he, he has, and it has, like, this, like, painfully false article in it, and he says, he just reads them for the advertisements, and he shows off, Mm -hmm. like, this one... This, like, one briefcase that's, like, perfect for, like, hiding his guns in. I like that. Yeah. No, it's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, eventually, they're on a train headed back into Russia, and they have this... It's not teary for 47, but it is teary for Nika. This goodbye scene where he talks about how I need to leave you behind, I need to go kill Belikov, both for my own reasons, and because if I don't, you will never have peace. Uh, she asks how she'll find him, and he says, you won't. I'll find you. Uh, Do we think this scene works? Eh. It, it's okay, I guess. Uh, Yeah, it, like, it's definitely... It definitely suffers from the 47-Nika relationship being kind of half-baked, but, like, I think the actors are doing the best with what they got, and it's not something mm. that has no chemistry whatsoever. Right, right. Uh... So, Yuri Markov, uh, the FSB guy who's been throughout this film, uh, is, uh, is, like, walking around his, like, uh, he's, like, walking around the empty FSB HQ, and he's sensing mm-hmm. someone's here. Uh, the he, lights shut off. The lights go out. He pulls out a gun. Uh, it's such a good scene. It's like a horror movie. Yeah. He gets got, and... Before he gets got, mm-hmm. we do hear a coin drop and clatter <laughs> against the floor, and you know when Agent 47 <laughs> drops the coin, I clap. Yeah. He... 
he's just got like a question mark over his head and he's walking towards it. Uh, uh-huh. uh, he, he then gets got and we cut to 47 having put him in a saw trap. He's serious. He straight up says at the end of the scene, live or die, your choice. <laughs> what is going on with this movie? Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Has this, I it's assume so that the, like, he's got the rubber duck and I know that's like iconic to the series. It, was this something that happened in the old games and putting people in saw traps? I, listen, I've only played Blood Money and the new trilogy, mm-hmm. so maybe there were some saw traps in Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. Right. But I don't think there were. Yeah. He, he's like chained up, he's in a bathtub. Close he's on. chained up in a bathtub, and there's a generator hooked up to the bathtub, and there's a timer and a walkie-talkie, and he needs to give an order to an FSB guy, or maybe an IGA guy, I'm not entirely clear, to kill fake Belikov, or he'll be painfully electrocuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the thing is that fake Belikov is going to a funeral for Udre, because obviously he has to do that, or people will be like, damn, fucked up that he didn't go to his own brother's funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like, after he, like, does the whole, live or die, your choice, uh, he puts a little rubber ducky in the bathtub, which he mm-hmm. took from, uh, Yuri's house. Uh, he broke in at some point and took it. Uh, then we get, like, the big, like, Final scene, well, climax scene of uh, this church in St. Petersburg. I don't know if it's a specific real-life one or just a generic one, but they're in this uh, cathedral. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the re- the FSB, I assume, have like this backup plan where uh, they'll where if something goes wrong and someone tries to get killed, they'll like deposit these gas canisters. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess knockout gas. Mm, uh, wait, what was um, that? I guess knockout gas. Yeah, just they don't knockout go gas. Into too much detail. It's... Um, I honestly do really like how this scene is set up. Um, mm-hmm. my friend Luke once described how in the recent trilogy it feels like all the best stages are a nightmare that the target is having, and this really has a similar vibe where mm-hmm. it's just it's very exaggerated isn't the right word but it does feel like larger than life and it feels very it feels like this is all bearing down on the target Mm -hmm. yeah like he's he's like going through this like cathedral that's like full of troops in their super evil armor uh and like he's going behind like a glass pane uh it's it's all dark I, i really love this like bit where he's like walking through the uh fu- through the cathedral uh so i have a question mm-hmm. we eventually hear that the sniper is there to kill somebody else but i don't think we know who yeah so like what's what's that about i guess yeah what the fuck uh like i know they i know in like various situations in fiction in real life where like during like an event where like a major politician is doing something they might have like some snipers to make sure nobody tries to assassinate the 
assassinate the important guy, but mm-hmm. it's I don't know. They it already have like something. Yeah, it seems like they just forgot to figure that part out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's. Fake Belikov starts giving this speech, which is very clearly telegraphing his intended radical shift. He's basically going to cloak it as, like, a change. He's he's reevaluated his policy after the death of his brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the FSB chief is still struggling against his bonds, and finally he gives in. He orders the sniper to change targets. Uh, the sniper shoots a bunch. He manages to shatter the bullet-resistant glass, but doesn't actually take out Belikov. Right. Uh, and then the crowd starts going ape shit. The local authorities lock down the building and release knockout gas as the fake president's bodyguards escort him out. Um, and then we see they're being followed by a man in military uniform and a gas mask. Right. And, yeah, it's 47, obviously. Yeah. Uh... And he, he goes sicko murder mode on them. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a 47 versus 47 fight. Uh and our guy wins. This uh. this fight is so stupid <laughs> cuz he like kills all the president's bodyguards and drags him into his fancy office or the archbishop's quarters or whatever. And the, the other 47s are just like there in robes with more swords and it's like why were you here mhm it's yeah you know what yeah it's I, so far they've just been hunting down 47 but it they're just sort of here uh uh so like right so then, like, 47 gets, uh, Bel- the fake Belikov. By the way, uh, turns out the, uh, real Belikov died and this is the body double. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's, like, saying, he's, like, in a chair, he says, like, if, if you kill me, uh, they'll be hunting you down for the rest of your life. I can give you back everything. I can get you back to, like, killing dudes. And... 47 says, nah, and shoots him. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's this bit where the study is attacked by a helicopter gunship. It looks weirdly fake, even though I'm pretty sure they used a real helicopter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes cover and survives, and then Russian authorities are about to storm the room, or about to break the door down and kill him. Then the Interpol guys show up with the key to the room, because that was what the cross was. Um... And there's, they're just like, listen, we're gonna arrest him. Yeah, there's this bit where he like takes the dead body of the body double off the chair and just like sits in it evilly. Mm-hmm. It, that um, so yeah, forty seven gets arrested. Uh, and they're escorting him out of the building. They they're like driving him to wherever they want to detain him at, and then. The CIA show up with Agent yes. Smith. There, there is a good exchange right before this where the Interpol inspector is like, knowing how this ends, was it worth it? And 47 goes, knowing how this ends? Absolutely. And yeah. it's like, just put more of this shit in there! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you, they, like, there are bits of this movie where they clearly get it, and then they just have some other fucking stupid crap. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
It's like, the come on! Guy who almost gets it. Uh, so, uh, 47 gets away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back to the present. Yep, framing device is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Whittier admits that deciding when to kill is ultimately a crapshoot. Uh, uh, so we find out, like, 47 fakes his death. He's gonna leave and, uh, and he just wanted to make sure whether or not he needed to kill Whittier. Mm. Uh, uh, he says, I hope I never see you again. It's, uh, he, like, I think there's, like, a dead body in here and he says, says at this point if you get rid of it now your kids won't have to see it or something so Uh, specifically what happens is it is implied that it's the dead body of another agent and he's like just tell them this was me i killed him with your gun the ballistics will bear that out wait for your kids to go to school before you uncover it because he's like stashed under a rug Mm -hmm. uh and then yeah he leaves the uh he lives he leaves whittier to decide what to do about all that yeah uh Uh, and then we cut back to saint petersburg where 47 is watching nika through a sniper rifle scope and then we see that he has offed another agent who was after her and then we go to the credits yeah we got a big final shot where he poses with his gun uh yeah uh as far as the credits go uh, wait, I just, like I said, when I saw the words executive producer Vin Diesel, I was shocked. Uh, see, I didn't see that because the instant the credit ro- credits rolled, I was like, closing my tab. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Uh, so, ratings. It's time to rate this movie. Um, I gotta say, this was, as an adaptation of Hitman 1 out of 5, yeah, no, it's... Occasionally, he'll do something a little bit Hitman, but it yeah. kind of just makes it more annoying how he's not doing that in the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And as for the movie, I... Honestly, I think this is a little generous, but I'm giving it a 2 out of 5. I was uh, also thinking a 2 out of 5. Like Part of me wants to give it as high as a 3, but that definitely feels too generous. And mm-hmm. I think I'm just sort of... Yeah, I I'm honestly thrown off by the fact that we've definitely watched worst mo- worst movies on this podcast, but mm-hmm. like doesn't make this one good. Yeah, honestly, I think a lot of it is just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like a lot of this is just like any other uh, spy action movie you would get in the two thousands. Like you mm-hmm. said earlier, it's like twenty four. Yeah. Uh. uh uh let's read some questions uh if you want to send in a question you can either respond to one of our tweets at vgtmtp or you can ask in our discord uh the discord is linked in every episode uh i'll real quick i i think we got some questions on twitter let me make yeah, we've got two questions on Twitter. Uh, first one from Jasmine Marsh. 
she asks, any fun stories from the game akin to the best of Giant Bob stuff about Hitman 2016? Uh, do you have one? Oh, a question? Or... Uh, no, like any fun stories about Hitman. Oh, hmm. Let me think for a bit. Yeah, um... Let's see, any fun stories? See, think. I feel like... I, I feel like I mostly played those games by doing the mission stories and such, so it's like, yeah, I dressed up as Helmet Kruger, and then I, sh- I shot somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. I did the thing where I pretend to be the ambassador's massage therapist, and then I snap his neck in the yeah. massage chair. Uh, I feel like I've. I honestly can't think of one I've done. I didn't blood money. I played it a very long time ago, uh, but I guess I'll say something that's I didn't do, but watch someone else do, which is, uh. A couple G, a couple GDQs ago, I watched one of Blood Money, and like, part of, they were just the the way you speedrun Blood Money is incredible. Uh, one of the ways to just kill people is in like the suburbs mission, just like shooting the glass uh, ceiling in like a patio area, and just mm-hmm. like the glass shards kill everyone. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, M. Healy and Michael F. Healy asks, You could add one set-piece goofy murder from one of the modern Hitman games to the movie, and what nonsensical way does 47 murder some rich European jerk? Uh, ooh. I mean, Helmet Kruger's iconic, but... Ooh. I mean, Helmet Kruger is iconic, but he's not that special. He, yeah. Mostly, he's just an excuse to uh, fight somebody. No. Um, see, this is tricky for me, because I don't remember much of Hitman 2, and I didn't play Hitman 3 myself. Right. There is a moment in Hitman 3 where my understanding is that you can just call a bunch of assassins who are after you into a meeting and then just kill them all in one fell swoop. I think that would fit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm just thinking of a, a fun death that you can do in that game where like, I think in two, you can like have this, uh, combat training robot. Uh, you can like, I think you equip it with a real gun and it shoots, uh, it shoots your target. That yep. that's a fun bit. Uh, oh, you know what's good in uh, Hitman One is you can shoot a stalactite and make it fall on the target. Oh, that's fun. Uh, that's uh, in Sapienza. I, I will say, of all the parts in this movie, if I were to adapt a movie thing to a game, I want to do like. I wanted to, like, combine the Udre kill and the Price kill into, like, one mission where, like, you where you can, like, kill Price, disguise yourself as him, and go to Udre. Uh, that would be, that would be a fun bit. Uh, let's see. Questions. Discord questions. Uh, we've got, let's see, one from Casey Cosmos. 
what what's the funniest what's the funny way you would get assassinated by Mr. Hitman? Uh I'm going to go with mine uh I feel like something involving a toilet maybe I get I'm thinking I'm underneath a bathroom and the floor above me collapses and a toilet hits me on the head. Okay. Uh, you got one? I think... I think I would be uh, using my synthesizer and he would just, like, electrify the synthesizer somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, I am thinking of another way I could die, and it is in my dream hitman level where he does an assassination at an anthro convention. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he, like, puts on a fursuit, perfectly disguising himself, uh, and, like, I think he, like, he, like, he, like, leads me somewhere where I'm, like, expecting something. Maybe at, like, a press... Oh, yeah? At, like, a... I guess no, like listen, that. Listen, um, he leads you somewhere where you're expecting something. Go on. Yes. Uh, he le- Okay, um, he leads me to his hotel room and he kills me. Uh, <laughs> I think... You know, I'm a Chicago girl through and through. Mm-hmm. What if he just drowned me in a deep dish pizza? Oh, that would be a good kill. Be uh, an awful way to go, especially if it's still hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Uh, and our last question from Dark Wizard James Mason. If you could choose one item that you could throw at someone and it would follow them until it hits them, what item would it be? Hmm. I'm thinking some sort of, like, novel, some, like, fancy award stat. Oh, oh, I know. What if, what if it's a piece of the aggro crag from Nickelodeon Guts? I can respect that. <laughs> uh, I think I would go with my 20-pound dumbbell. Mm-hmm. That would be good. You know that'll do some damage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, so that's it for questions. Uh, now, as for next month, I I was thinking about stuff I could do in March. And I think about uh, things I associate with March now. And I thought about a great movie that I really wanted to talk about at some point. Uh, that... I think I associate with March now. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Animal Crossing animated film. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will say it, it, it. I think I really like it, but I think it's a little boring. But also, that's kind of the point because it's Animal Crossing. Uh, it's. I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do some plugs. Uh, Maxi, you go first. Sure thing. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Max Knightley. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. 
and I am also on the actual play podcast, Eidolon Playtest. Uh, we actually just finished up our second season, so we are going to be doing some interlude stuff for the next few months. But then, uh, starting season three, it's going to be fresh start, completely new narrative, so there will never be a better time to get on board, if you ask me. Yeah, you can catch up with the old campaign, you can start on the new campaign when that starts up. I, I highly recommend it. It's an incredible podcast. A lot of work. Also, the soundtrack's great, and the person who composed the tracks for it is super sexy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I am Dan, and I can be found at a lot of places. Uh, all those places can be found at linktr.ee slash big underscore challenges. From there, you can find my Twitter, at biggerchallenge. You can listen to the other podcasts I do, which include Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, we are making our way through Season 3 of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Uh, you can listen to The Sonic Shuffle, a Sonic Lore podcast. Uh, uh, we, rec- we recently hit our 75th episode, and we talked about the Knuckles story from Sonic Adventure 1. That's a good one. Uh, you can listen to uh, my finished podcast, Chill Bleed, about Ill Bleed. And my inactive podcast, Stranger's Fiction, which is an actual play. And last but not least, you can visit at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Uh, since it's February, I'll say Happy Valentine's Day, Xbox. Happy Valentine's Day, Xbox. Uh, and you can find us at VGTMTP on Twitter. You can find our Discord from there. And you can also uh, find us on noisespace.xyz. Uh, noisespace.xyz, a great podcast network, uh, Canadian run, hence the Z. And it's got lots of good shows. Uh, a bunch of the ones I, Pot of Greed and Sonic Shuffle are both on there, as well as lots of other shows. Um, I, uh, let's see, some ones I could recommend. Uh, Fear Baiting. It's about horror movies. Uh, you can listen to uh, Slappers Only, which is about video game music. Uh, you can listen to Digimon Ghost Games, about the anime Digimon Ghost Game. Uh, and there's all sorts of other stuff you can listen to there. I've been listening to Kyle XY, a Kyle XY podcast with which they got past the original series for and are now reading a fanfic about a hypothetical fourth season. Uh, it's great. Uh, and so, as always, I'm Dan. I'm Maxie. And this ain't no game.